Wake up, adventurers. It's time for a Hello Hyrule bonus episode. I am your tour guide, Chris. And I am your tour guide, Pete. And we are doing our very first Hello Hyrule book club episode. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're going to take a deep dive into the manga companion series that comes out alongside of the uh, Legend of Zelda games. And I have some exciting news today pete oh are we acting surprised okay (laughs) (laughs) we're joined by our in real life good friend lee meyer hello good to be here good to have you my good friend chris and my good arch frenemy nemesis (laughs) pete that sounds about right yeah Lee, lee has been our friend for a few years we have been in a fantasy critic league with him we actually just uh, finished drafting our 2022 Fantasy Critic League. I'm so mad. <laughs> and Lee is a fan of the Legend of Zelda series. Actually, Lee, do you want to talk about your history with this uh, series? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been playing Legend of Zelda games since I was a wee child. Um, my sister kind of brought the original Legend of Zelda home from the video store way back when and hated it and put it down. Oh. And I, yeah, I mean, she didn't know what it was. Um, so I started playing it and I was completely enraptured. And then uh, I've basically played every Zelda game since. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Skyward Sword was not my favorite but you guys made it a lot more fun than i had with it so nice yeah i mean we've we've heard that sentiment uh echoed across a a few different listeners but um yeah we we appreciate the fact that you listened along with us and yeah there was this this point where i thought about oh there are these manga companion series and i know you've mentioned in the past you wanted to at some point do a podcast about video game novelizations which is an incredible idea i think that can go some weird ways i like that yeah i still think we should do it at some point properly Yeah, for sure there's a lot of i mean there's a lot more than you think of those things yeah for sure. There are a lot of varying qualities out there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that we have an opportunity to do it here with, with the Zelda uh, manga. Lee, do you have any history reading the manga for the Legend of Zelda games? I do. The one that I like the most is the Link to the Past manga. Oh. The Link to the Past adaptation has a really touching, sad ending. It does? Bittersweet ending. Don't and I don't spoil almost, it. Yeah. I won't spoil it. But it kind of makes you think about um, what it means to be the hero of light or the hero of time in a really different oh, way. That's awesome. Oh, it's ominous. I look yes. forward to reading that one. I definitely overhyped it, but that's okay. <laughs> Pete, what about you do you have any history reading through these oh very little to be honest uh, um as the manga goes i have only really read the ones of my favorite games which was majora's mask and the oracle games uh i do plan to read the twilight princess ones at some point i think those just finished oh i didn't think about if any of them could still be ongoing i figured if the games are out the manga are probably yeah if, if i understand correctly the twilight princess one is like the longest running one cool all right well i have zero history with any of these this was my first foray into it so it was weird i didn't really know what my expectations should be um so i guess We'll start off with general impressions without spoiling too much, and then we'll go through the story. For anyone listening at home, if you don't want to be spoiled and you have the Hyrule Historia, 
this manga is about 30 something pages and it's all right in the back of the Hy- Hyrule Historia. Yeah. It's also online. Like Nintendo made it super available <laughs> for people. So if you want, just Google it and, you know, pause the podcast, Google it and come back and listen. So rare for Nintendo to make something available for free. Yeah. It seems yes. like there's got to be a catch to it, but no, it's well, just kind of there. I would say probably the catch is that it's not really a skyward sword manga or like it's not directly connected to any of the games just kind of tangentially to skyward sword Mm -hmm. yeah so that's actually as good of a starting point as uh any so what did you think about like is this canon is this not canon when is this set like was that all clear to you i guess when you started i mean i read this particular manga or i guess manga short Ma- manga-esque manga <laughs> do you say manga-esque are we on manga. twitch it is definitely manga but it is it, you're right it's like a vignette it's almost like a very short prequel what's yeah. like a what's a manga version of a novella mangella a mangella perfect we're going right into cultural appropriation here okay yeah that's fair uh <laughs> i'm gonna steer away then <laughs> well when i first read this story it was around the time when it first came out i think uh although i don't think i really connected it to anything like it just kind of went in one eye and out the other sure you didn't uh, think too much about it yeah i forgot all about it until we started doing this show you didn't immediately plan to record an hour-long podcast uh at overanalyzing every little detail you just let yourself enjoy something yeah imagine <laughs> reading it for the show now i think i like it a lot but i could also probably just let it just kind of let it go on by i wave as it passes and we we go our separate ways sure lee do you have any general thoughts as well i really would love a story chronicling how this link a thousand years in the past came to be chained up in a dungeon. Yeah. You know, I, I want to know his story. And he yeah. seems a, he seems a little bitter about it. Yeah. And I, I got to agree, Lee, this prequel needs a prequel. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. They need to keep building on this. I was like, that confused me. Yeah. Like Link's personality and this confused me. And there's even some back and forth with like his intentions and like his yeah. feelings uh he's he's conflicted but i think that actually ends up playing into the character itself and while i don't know that every line lands i think that the overall story that they kind of paint uh throughout i think is effective especially i think by sure. the end i really felt kind of emotional about the fate of these characters hmm. so yeah just a, a little bit of background all of these manga are uh, created by Akira Himikawa, right. which I always thought was just a person. But apparently that is a pseudonym for the manga artist pair A. Honda and S. Nagano. So this is two artists yeah. who work closely with Nintendo to adapt these. They created comic versions of these characters since 1999, and they started with Ocarina of Time. That's great. It would get released in these student magazines in Japan, apparently. Wow, good for them. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, to be able to establish a working relationship with Nintendo for what now? Like, that's over 20 years, right? That's... Yeah, yeah. and also to, like, take a story... Because Skyward Sword has a lot of story for a Zelda game. And to take uh, an established story and make something interesting Mm -hmm. and build upon it, I think is a real accomplishment. Agreed, yeah. And to touch upon what you were saying a minute ago, Lee, basically... 
uh, we get this exposition throughout the game about what happened a thousand years ago. Right. right. And this is an interpretation of what those events could have been. And I think the way that my expectations kind of worked while reading this was like, I didn't, I didn't know if it was canon or non-canon. I didn't know how closely the artists worked with the storytellers in the game. So like there are some little things that are established in the manga that are never touched upon in the game. Right. But I think the general kind of flow of the events is coherent. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, you've got to be along for the ride. You've got to kind of know mm-hmm. that maybe not every detail is going to line up with the way you're thinking it might be if you're overly focused on lore but well that's true for all of the manga i think right again this was my first foray i had no idea what to expect yeah but but yeah we'll talk about all of those details as we go through the story so do you have anything else you want to discuss before we dive in um i think the only note i wanted to add is that i'm amazed there is no actual skyward sword manga about skyward sword yeah i was talking with my girlfriend right before we started recording and we have a whole collection of all the the well i think most of the zelda manga uh in our living room and she pointed out to me there's a four sword manga there's two volumes of it and there's no skyward sword wow speaking honestly with how extensively we've been covering this story, I welcome it, man. <laughs> I'm glad for this episode to be a different a different bit of story. But do you guys think maybe that's because this Zelda game has so many supporting characters that are fleshed out, like Groose and, you know, all this kind of like... It, it, to me, it's a more fleshed out Zelda, so maybe they didn't feel the need to do that in print. Ooh, I don't know. I mean... I mean, just a second ago, I brought up that there's a Twilight Princess one, and that's pretty uh, rich in characters. Yeah, that's a heavy story. Yeah. And yeah. tell me you wouldn't want to see Groose in manga form. We do. <laughs> I want a Groose game. Oh, everybody wants a Groose game. Untitled Groose game. There, yes. there it is. Yes. But yeah, no, Chris, I think that uh, you were about to jump us right in. That was a pretty good segue. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive off of this loft wig and get right into it. A worse so, segue. All right. Well, leave it in there. I like it. <laughs> so the flow of the start of this comic was some of the more confusing stuff to me, just because, again, I didn't know which link are we dealing with? Where are we? Are we doing the Skyward Sword story? Are we doing a prequel? Uh-huh. The first frame of this is a young Link in Skyloft looking upwards as the red loft wing flies overhead. Yeah. And, you know, he appears hopeful and wistful, and he's deep in thought thinking about how nice it must be to fly through the sky. Surprisingly wistful, I'd say. And we get this, like, fun little panel at the top, clearly identifying Groose, Stretch, and Colin. Did you notice that? Yep. I thought it was extremely cute. I didn't think that Colin and Stritch could be cute, but <laughs> there you have it. So I saw this and I was like, oh, okay. That's establishing right off the bat. This is the link that we just played in the game. Unless. Right. So that's where my brain was at. <laughs> so then when we jump in the third panel to a completely new location, a dark dungeon where mm-hmm. our hero is now quite a bit older, probably the standard link age. Uh, he's chained to the wall. He's bloodied and he's beaten. Yeah, this is a whole new link. He's not in any of the games. Uh, and we find out that he's been down here 
and the dungeons of, I presume, Hyrule Castle. Well, I mean, maybe not Hyrule Castle because they don't distinctly say Hyrule in this manga at all. They just call it the Land of Hylia. The Land of Hylia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but it's safe to assume that's the castle that existed at this time. Right, right. He's in some important dungeon. And uh he's been in down here we find out for 4 years. Yeah. We also we also are told that Lord Dagaianus is the man who quote unquote framed him. Did we get a name? Yeah, Lord Dagaianus. Dagaianus. Which I did some google and does not exist elsewhere, so don't no. even bother trying. <laughs> Um, we get some dialogue from these people who visit Link as he's down here, stating, Lord Dagaianus, the man who framed you, has been killed by the Demon King. So the idea is that something happened, Link was framed, he's been down here for yeah. years, his sword was, mm -hmm. I guess, destroyed? Well, it confiscated. He had some kind of vision or something. They're not too specific. He yeah, knew. He had a premonition and... of danger. Yeah, and they threw him in this dungeon. They chained him to this dungeon. Uh, yeah. He looks a little unhappy. You, you know, I'm a little concerned for yeah. all of these people when they let him go. <laughs> he's just yeah. a, just a wee bit concerned. He yeah. Is, he's got, I mean, he is blood crazed to some extent. We get a bit of dialogue from one of these strangers saying, our little misunderstanding has been resolved. Uh, your premonition of danger was correct. We all understand that now. You are the only one who can drive off the Demon King and protect Hylia. Okay, so the, this person's phrasing, like our little misunderstanding, this is clearly some kind of aristocrat who very quickly turned on Link, I have to assume. Yeah. So I, I really want to piece together what exactly went down that he got put down in this place for four years and presumably tortured because his clothes are in tatters. Yeah. Although, you know what? He's he's clean shaven. He is clean shaven. I don't think we've ever seen Link with a beard. I want to see Link with a beard. Yeah. That's a... Uh, hmm. I want to well, see Daddy Link. There are some... Oh, no. There are some fictions where elves don't grow facial hair. I wonder okay. if that's got any connect. I mean, that's not Zelda, but I right. wonder if that's some kind of connection there. But here's the thing. He had a premonition that some kind of hero is going to need to protect Hylia, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow that connects into this Lord framing him for something. Which we do not end up figuring out what he was framed for. Nor do we see this guy who framed him. He's gone. He's dead. So the impression I'm getting here is that this is like, at this point in the land of Hylia, there was some kind of religious inquisition thing going on, you know? Like, you said something that doesn't jive with our belief system, so we're going to lock you down here and torture you. It's very possible, yeah. Though we get more insight into why he had a rough go of it at the end of this uh, manga, so we're going to speak to that. Uh, uh -huh. Zelda has a line toward the end. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead. But like right after this scene, we have a shot of Link like, you know, dressed up again. Uh, but he's he's dressed like normal Link with his green hat and everything. But he has this big red cape that he's got and he's addressing a huge crowd of people, you know, as the like he's already accepted his duties and he's in this position now. Yes. Like so we're, we're moving at a real clip here. Yeah. So Link gets unchained uh, by these men. Actually, it seems like. He breaks free at this point. They give him a sword back. And yeah, he's got this 
they've they've got a full frame image of Link here uh, with his green tunic and this majestic red cape. What did you think of this this look, Lee? I actually thought of Hyrule Warriors when I saw this look because oh, yeah. Hyrule Warriors has Link, and I think it's like a blue scarf, maybe. Yeah, in- it's a blue scarf. And I know Hyrule Warriors is not canon, but this also had like a sense of the chaos to it. Um, and Hyrule Warriors is like, what if Zelda but fields of monsters to fight? And right, I, I got the sense Link was going off to war right now. Oh, big time. And yeah. it just feels a little bit like, you know, Hyrule Warrior. It looks like he's the warrior of Hyrule right now. That's a great point, actually. Like, we see Link a lot throughout the games, but we don't always see Link about to command an army, which is yeah. a position that he does occasionally have. So, you know, this cape really does kind of sell that sort of, like, commanding role. Um, I have one more note here. Where is his shield? Ooh. Oh, I mean, he could have somebody to hold that for him at the moment. He's giving a speech. I don't know. It <laughs> seems like he might want a shield. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at any point. I don't think he has a shield at any point in this yeah. manga. Actually, he, he might want one at some point. He's yeah. going to need it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as as Pete mentioned a second ago, the next shot is going to be him over the people of the land of Hylia. Yeah. Uh, kind of just giving them a war chant, trying to yeah. get them amped up and saying, my dear land of Hylia, though people's hearts may change with time, this land's beauty, pride and purity never change. Hard disagree. If you have need of me, then I will forever fight to defend you. And I read this line off because this seems to be Link's primary motivator here. Right. Is the land and the people. Well, land people and quote unquote purity that had him locked away for four years under false pretenses. Yeah. Which I just want to point out really quick before I before I stray too far throughout my notes that I took for this manga. Uh, I refer to this Link as Red Pill Link. Yeah. One, because of the cape. And two, because despite his genuinely good intentions, he is very cynical about everybody else around him. He was locked in a dungeon for four years. But not just the people who put him away is the thing. Yeah, dude, I would my worldview would be broken at this point. Are you kidding? (laughs) I'm not questioning him. So so actually taking a step back into the dungeon, though. Link has this line, it was you, my own people, who said you had no need for a powerful hero, and now that it's convenient for you, you want me to fight? What's more, my sword is broken. I can't even run anymore. Oh, I guess it is broken. Yeah, so you see that anger in him here, right? And then two or three strips later is him in front of all the people of Hylia saying, hey, you guys, (laughs) I would do anything for you guys. Yeah, if you didn't know the character, you might think he's lying. You might think he's about to lead them to doom right now. But <laughs> I also think, um, I don't know, maybe maybe the kind of chaining up of Link gave him time to think about this and the, the greater good, especially the talk of purity. There seems to be some kind of martyrdom at work. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know. there's, there's definitely a bit of that. Yeah. And I think it's just we're seeing a person cracking a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. something that you don't get through Asylum Protagonist in a video game. Right. So we're kind of seeing someone kind of deal with, you know, a lot. Sure. Which is why we sometimes see this uh, darker side of Link, I think, throughout this. Uh-huh. We do have this this frame 
where he says, let us fight together, children of Hylia. And he's like, everyone's got their hand in together. And I thought, oh, is this Link's new crew? Like there's a, a cool looking new group of, of Hylians there, but we never end up seeing them again. Yeah, right. Hip young Hyrule warriors. Yes. Yeah. Who we do see, though, is another red flying figure come into the frame. Uh, this is the red Loftwing coming down, uh, frightening the people of the land of Hylia. Oh, yeah. Um, they start firing arrows at it. Well, uh, those people are not getting into Skyloft. I'm going to tell you that right now. These people are so ridiculous. They locked Link up for four years. Now a bird <laughs> is coming to save them and they're trying to kill the bird. What is the problem? For what it's worth, we could say a bird all we want. If literally the Pokemon Moltres came yeah. flying at you, you'd probably be a little scared. I'd let it kill me because that would be so exciting. <laughs> I mean, Jurassic Park's coming your way and they don't know that what the loft wing is at this point because they do have to have it explained to yeah. them. That's true. That's true. Like some like these these soldiers, these poor guys are being assaulted by this demon king and his forces, like for who knows how long. They're just sitting on the ramparts drinking their coffee, and suddenly this thing is coming out of the sky. It's like kill it. Yeah, agreed, Pete. And can we talk for a minute about the design of the Loftwing in this? Because I think this is my favorite design for a Loftwing. Oh, this one's on this one is a, like a beefy metal version of Lofty. It's very good. Let's be clear here. This is the same Loftwing that we ride throughout Skyward Sword. Within the world of the manga, yes. It yes, within the world of the manga. The idea is this is Flofty. This is Flofty Prime, but Flofty <laughs> Prime, yes. So so basically we see Hylia, the goddess Hylia, coming down on Flofty. Uh we see her wearing the gown that Zelda wears during her travels through the dungeons with Impa when she's on the land. It's that same yeah. white gown, which yes. I didn't I didn't know that was supposed to be highly. I guess it makes sense now. Well, I mean, yeah. By the way, there are so many things that if we had if I had read this manga before we recorded all those episodes of the podcast, uh -huh. a lot of questions that we asked are answered whether or not this is canon. Well, I mean, you used the air quotes just now, and I think everyone should be aware of that who's listening. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think some of the answers are pretty good here. Anyway, Hylia comes down on the loft wing uh, and we get this shot of Hylia in front of the Loftwing. It's the first non-color shot. And she looks fabulous. She looks amazing, but Flofty looks incredible. This is my favorite shot of a Loftwing. Flofty looks uh, buck wild. Yeah, it's good as heck. He looks ready to kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. Probably killed five people on the way here. Yeah. He's got this pattern on his beak. Are those scars? I thought those were scars. I thought it was like a brand. It's like a tattoo. Mm -hmm. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, it's up for interpretation. But Hylia uh, so introduces herself as the white goddess, which I don't think is a term that comes up in the game at all. The only reason I can think to even have that term is because in several of the games when you are creating or reforging the Master Sword, it has a phase where it's just called the white sword. Okay. That's flimsy as anything, So, but that's the best I got. That's a connection. She also, in that same statement, says, this is a Loftwing, a bird of the gods, which... At that point, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> In a thousand years, these birds are going on a clearance sale and everyone's getting one of these quote unquote birds of the gods. Stritch has a bird of the gods. Uh-huh. Colin has a, a bird of the gods. Uh-huh. Every unnamed knight has a bird of the gods in a thousand years time. Well. If you think about it, though, Hylia sent them all up there. They are chosen to be up there. So, you know, have some perks. 
Okay, but how many, I guess when you say something is a something of the gods, I expect a limited quantity, which maybe that's my mistake from the get-go. I guess, you know, like they're, it's a living creature. They make eggs more. There's more of them. I don't think I'm going to go to Costco and see any items there marked whatever of the gods <laughs> in bulk. Um, now you got to go to Sharper Image for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have this first sort of differentiator between the manga and the game where... The Loftwing can speak to Hylia telepathically. That was a question I had because I've been listening along and that doesn't, that's not in the game. That's not in the game. Yeah. Everyone's got a personality in this, in this uh, story here. There is a deep connection between Link and his Loftwing in the game that isn't necessarily shared with other, you know, riders and birds. I think they do suggest that it's like a quasi psychic Link, but they don't go so far as to say it. Right. Never talks, but. But yeah, the Loftwing has a line, uh, our search is in vain, Hylia. They are so fearful that they can't tell gods from demons. That is how useless these humans are. The one I seek will not be found here in this lower world. So you have this like combative sort of abrasive personality that kind of reminds me of like companions when you first meet companions in the Zelda game. Oh, good point. Yeah. Like the Minish Cap, like the Minish, like uh, Etzlo's personality when you first meet him is a little bit abrasive, but it warms up over time. Yeah, no, that's true. I think more Zelda partners are like that than aren't, if I'm thinking of all all of them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. What do you think? What do you think about this, Lee? What do you think about this character of the of the Loftwing? That's an interesting observation. I hadn't made the companion connection, but it's interesting that the Loftwing is cynical here. You know, the, yeah. the, the Loftwing is not really into saving these people. It, this is a darker time than we're used to. This is a darker take on Skyward Sword. Sure. You know? Agreed. It's, I think the Loftwing understands the magnitude of what they're up against yes. and sees the silliness that's happening and thinks mm-hmm. this isn't going to cut it. This is futile. We cannot waste our time. I mean, this bird's used to hanging out with gods. Uh, you suddenly brought down to the surface to hang out with a bunch of dirty monkeys who are at war. Puny humans, or not humans, but Hylians. Actually, do we know that Hylians first evolved from monkeys? It might have been something else. Do we know? Are there monkeys in Zelda? I, yes. I, that was a bad question. Okay. Listen, you, you think that's a bad question. There are, like, moles. We learned <laughs> in Skyward not. Sword that someone says the word mole. So moles exist. So monkeys very well could. It's true. I mean, yeah. I'm, and I'm saying moles exist separate from magma. Right. One of the things that stood out to me when I was reading this, we know almost for verbatim that Hylians were created by Hylia, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But down here, it doesn't seem to be the case. You know what I mean? Like, they just seem to have existed on their own this whole time, and Hylia was kind of her own separate thing. I mean, she's a goddess. They pray to her as a goddess. They ask her for help as a spiritual being. She has, like, the stature of any of them, but they they do refer to her as a goddess. Hmm. I do wonder, because she has to introduce herself to them, though. I think these people are probably a little uh, detached from their gods and their religion at this point and need a little refresher. Might explain why Link had to get uh, locked up for four years. Yeah, so these people have fallen very far from from their original traditions and their sacred texts, I think. I think these people were led astray. (laughs) 
they, they also might not have ever seen Hylia in person, right? They might have been praying to She's her. She's a concept, never... right? She is yeah, their goddess. There's shrines. That's yeah. fair. So after the Loftwing has this concern about the humans, Link stands up for them and says, if you seek souls to fight alongside you, we are here, Loftwing. We will defeat the v- Demon King. And the Loftwing isn't very sold on Link either. No, he doesn't want Link riding on him at all. <laughs> no. No. I already don't like these humans. Now this one's yelling at me. No thanks. Yeah. There is something that the Loftwing says also. Uh, he, he has that line about they cannot tell gods from demons. Are Loftwings gods? Or is he referring to Hylia as a god? I think he's of the gods, so that kind of counts, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess that might be yeah. what he meant. Flotty is god adjacent. Yeah. Right. Right. The Loftwing says, if that's the case, then you got to show me. And then he just kind of flies away. Uh, Hylia tells people that the Demon King will soon raise the surfaced world with fires of destruction, and she cannot just stand aside. She says her people can escape to the sky, and her Loftwing will show them the way. <laughs> it's already long gone at this point. Yeah, yeah. Very begrudgingly, he will help them if he has to, <laughs> right. is what I'm getting from this. Yeah. After this, Hylia presents the Master Sword to Link. She calls it a blade that repels evil and says it will sunder the earth and act as a pillar to support the land as it floats up. Up to the sky. Did you guys think this was a little unceremonious for the Master Sword? Um, she just had it in her pocket. A bit. Yeah, you well, know. I got this thing here, roots around in her purse for a minute. It's like, oh, right. And and it's great that she has it, but like, this is a big deal. We only had thirty four panels. We gotta, we gotta. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they they didn't yeah. have enough time. But I, I see what you mean. It is kind of like, oh, well, that's convenient. Yeah. It was really weird, in my opinion, though, that she shows him this sword and says it has to be reforged. It's in one piece. I'm thinking like this plot point got a little bit confused between the Master Sword and Link's broken sword. Yes. Um, I don't know. Basically, what she says is that the Master Sword needs to be broken by the hands of the hero and then... Uh, melted down in the uh, scarring flames, beaten and reborn from suffering. So it's it's almost a trial mm-hmm. for the hero to prove himself, well, which I actually really like because that happens in the games. That happens in Skyward Sword to a different of. extent. It does. You get the flames. It's more of a ritualized version of it uh, in the game than it is in here. Like considering you have to travel to these three locations right. to get these flames. But in this one, it's because like... it's a video game. Right. But in this one, it's like you have to break the sword and you have to fix it yourself and something, something suffering because it is a metaphor. Yeah, I guess so. Because Link is the sword. He has to be broken and reforged from his suffering that he had. I agree. It's a little bit on the nose. And to Lee's point, it all has to happen very quickly. So it maybe doesn't feel like it has the gravitas that sure. it should have. This scene confused me because at the start of skyward sword it's not the master sword it's the goddess sword Hmm, that's a very good point yeah you could you could maybe say that as many legend of zelda stories are considered fables and folk tales and Mm -hmm. um, religious stories to later generations things get lost in translation oh we're going to use that to hand wave (laughs) all the time if you do think though about how the Master Sword is used in this manga, maybe 
you know, it could be argued that it has to be reforged again after this point. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. Which we'll get to in a second. That's what kind of sold me on it is the fact that, well, we, we do see it have to get reforged over and over again. Mm-hmm. And she's even saying here it needs to be reforged by the hero in order for it to work as the Master Sword. So it kind of works. It's just it's called something fully different. You uh-huh. know, it's called the Goddess Sword. And in Skyward Sword... You know, you could hear it in our episode. It feels like, oh, this is the first moment it's the Master Sword. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not the case. But that's okay. Like, whatever. Again, you've got to kind of (laughs) roll with the punches with the manga that may or may not be fully canon. What I want to know is at what point during this manga does Fi get downloaded onto the sword? A thousand years. That's in a thousand years. (laughs) She gets really, she becomes, Hylia becomes a tech bro in the thousand years between Oh, she has a lot of time to to study up on that, yeah. So anyway, Link expresses some, like, concern about being worthy of the sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because his his soul is tarnished, I think he says. Zelda says, Link, this blade knows whether or not you are tarnished. Do you intend to take revenge on the kingdom that held you in contempt, or will you save it from doom? Yes. Essentially, she knows what Link really wants in his heart and knows how to get it from him, which is good. I mean, you gotta Mm -hmm. move. There is a big evil at the door. And she knows how to snap Link out of it. Also, she's got future sight, so. She's got future sight. Well established. (laughs) So at this point, Link has a line. Regardless of whether you are humans or gods, all of you seek my answer. You use me whenever it suits you, truly. But right now, it goes without saying, my spirit will always stand with my friends. I like Red Pill Link. (laughs) But again, it's it's this bouncing back and forth between this incredibly broken human being and... I will do anything for my friends! (laughs) Who we only saw in one panel of this entire story so far, those those dudes that were holding, you know, they were all putting their hands together. And also, there's a panel on this page where Link looks a little scary to me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's the shading. Yeah, he's got some bloodlust, it looks like. Oh, yeah. As he's reforging the sword, you mean? Yeah. It's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting illustration of him for sure. Yeah. We also get an image of uh, Hylia confronting the beast. And I have a screenshot of the beast. I just with the words, who is this? Like, look at the beast in the page where Link is holding the sword and reforging it. Yeah. Highly is oh. confronting the beast. This isn't demise. It looks kind of like an early iteration of like hog Ganon, like pig form Ganon. Oh. Oh, like early Maybe. Ganon. You you mean like early games Ganon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Demise had like had to start in like a larval form, like Cell. Oh boy. Well, okay. what we discussed in the last episode of of Hello Hyrule is Demise De- takes the form of the fear <gasps> right. of the people around him. Right, right. Demise knows how to shape himself out of what the people are afraid of nearby, and knows how to be. Yeah, he's a fear demon. He's a fear demon. So this is just how he can be imposing to the people in the land of hylia that's that's the form uh, and it's pretty cool it's a it's a cool look we we only get silhouettes of it there is um a shot where we have i i don't know even what to call it it's just like the dark villain we it, it doesn't have a name throughout any of this but we see the villain extend a hand and we see that might be demise we see bokoblin and moblin and then we see this like just straight up dragon holding a moblin <laughs> do you see that <laughs> yep is, is that a dragon is that an evil Loftwing? Uh, I mean, 
There's all sorts of monsters in this franchise. It could be basically anything. I do like the little hanging book hoblins hanging on the left side, though. I like this moblin. Like, even during this superimposing invasion force, and you just have these little, these, these goofy cartoon pig people ca hanging from birds. I think those goofy cartoon pig people would easily scare these ridiculous you know, city folk that, that tied up Link. So, oh, for sure. If yeah. they were afraid of a bird, then yeah. yes, even these Bokoblin yep. are going to do the trick. Yeah, exactly. So basically what's happening is weeks are going by as Link is reforging the sword. Full weeks. And while this is happening, Hylia is doing her best to buy time and fight off with her army, the darkness. We have this text. Wicked desire assaulted the world's surface, staining it the color of obsidian, and the mountains, the plains, and all that flowed pure on the earth were ruthlessly scoured by fire. So essentially, things aren't going so good for the people of Hylia. Oh, yeah, I, I would say that's an understatement. You see the Hylians panicking, praying for the goddess's help as darkness and villains swarm the land. And then we get this shot of Link, where he says... Your prayers from afar won't vanquish the demons. Yeah. So again, it's this back and f it's this back and forth of like nice, sweet. I love my friends, Link, and your prayers aren't doing anything. Like your prayers won't help. Yeah, like <laughs> like don't get me wrong, he's right, but it's just like the personality is so like this it, is a person who ha is going through mental anguish. It's good advice in a war situation, but out of context, it seems cruel. <laughs> Especially for a character whose sole thing is he wants to save his friends. Yeah. Then the most buck wild thing in this whole comic happens, I think. Are you talking about this frame of the battle? Yeah, where Hylia conjures Gorons. Yep. I don't want to assume this is the creation of Gorons. Is it the creation of Gorons? Look at the word in that panel that has the Gorons, like where they're first rising out of the earth. Look at what Hylia's saying there. Creatures of the world below, servants of the goddess. So like, and that's as they're be like rising out of the earth. Oh. So she spawned. She spawned bond gorons from the world below maybe unless the whole of the land of hylia is the world below but like we don't even know about the world above yeah no i, I see what you're saying i i don't know that might just be a translation thing that we're thinking too much yeah about. i'll put this out there if hylia created gorons during this conflict and didn't bring any to skyloft not nice i don't like that at all <laughs> i don't like the implications here i have yeah. they're strong warriors right i mean uh-huh they're made of stone yeah but leave them out of it you know what i mean like listen you don't want to make stone creatures and then be like you know what those can float up to the sky island and everyone else stay oh, down here what they're too but, heavy they're gonna weigh the islands down i'm saying they are specifically probably the best warriors and also the heaviest maybe those aren't the ones that you send up those are the ones you, i'm with hylia i'm team hylia here you know what i'm turning around on this because this might explain why gorko has access to ancient texts about Skyloft and Hylia? Wait, what? Because, I mean, <laughs> they got, like, an ancient archives of, like, records of, of ancient Hylian, uh, you know, lore. Okay. 
Like, how else would he have access to that stuff unless Hylia directly created the Gorons as well? I mean, that's possible. I think we're we're filling in a lot of gaps. That... Yeah, I'm stretching. I'm hurting myself from stretching. This is turning into fan fiction real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this manga already is fan fiction. It is. It's sanctioned, sanctioned fan fiction. Listen, we can... De- yes, exactly. We can debate if it's canon or not, but Nintendo Super gave it canon. the thumbs up. I think it's canon-ish. I would love to know how much access the writers have to Nintendo's own story outlines. Yes, that's a great question. I agree, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes it seems like they're filling in direct plot points and Mm -hmm. sometimes they are kind of going with it. Like the Just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. It's unpredictable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a shot of Link fighting this dark evil, and it looks literally like Galactus. Like, d- doesn't it? <laughs> it looks like he's, yes, absolutely. I was thinking Marvel Comics level cosmic horror. So, I mean, that would explain a lot. This, so this is probably what Link sees of Demise. I would imagine so. It looks like he's an eater of, of and, worlds. Yes. And he gets smashed immediately. Yeah, the evil, you know, says, what's wrong, coward? You are nothing without your gods. And Link basically says, hey, listen, I'm dangerous because I'm not afraid to die. And I'm going to make sure that before I do die, I'm defeating you. He does not do that. He doesn't do that. (laughs) At least not right now. We get a, a shot of an explosion. Link is blasted onto the ground and we see just this leveled ground and link has a bit of dialogue here my hometown the beautiful air mountains and rivers reduced to this will this be the last thing i ever see as he lays there kind of yes seemingly dying i it took me a minute to see what was going on here with the explosion i'm not so sure it was an explosion i think it was just like an action panel to show something happen yeah maybe i i really like the way these artists draw link's eyes though in these close-ups oh yeah beautiful yeah you could see Um, the anguish yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm, that delicious anguish you look for. But that anguish is not long lasting because in the next panel, Link is saved by the Red Loftwing who says, climb atop my back. I've kept a close eye on your battle. Um, Link is surprised. He says, wait, you mean you'll take me as your rider? Uh, and then immediately with boyish excitement says, we shall fight together for eternity. I mean, if if he's about to die, what's the law I'm going to do to him? I think, I think, to be honest, the first time you get on the back of a giant bird and start flying through the air, oh yeah, you probably feel invincible. I'm in this for the long haul. He's probably getting quite an adrenaline rush. That's probably what we're seeing there. So he says, Loftwing, will you show our people to the skies? I ask your guidance. And the Loftwing responds, as long as you will fly with me henceforth. And Link says, yes, I swear it. So we see this bond happen. So yeah, Link, Link and this Loftwing establish this bond. They make this promise that, uh, you know, the Loftwing will save the people of Hylia as long as Link flies with the Loftwing. That's the deal. And we have uh, Zelda here uh, holding the Master Sword, which is completely reformed. Mm-hmm. In the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Well, as you do in a story like this. Yes. But what I did not expect is that it's the Master Sword that actually cleaves skyloft from the earth oh yeah so she basically has this line she like says a chant about the the sword and about her country and about how she wants to protect them and then she with a single swing of the sword the goddess hylia rent the earth they say i have never seen the word rent used 
in this context. <laughs> I think that's a translation thing. It's got to be, right? Yeah. But essentially, she's doing like a upward strike. Yeah. And well, the... I mean, she's doing it as a giant woman, first <laughs> off, which is how she does it in one strike. A majestic woman. Oh, interesting. I didn't I didn't think about the size perspective. But yeah, I guess she is I mean, larger. She's now. a goddess, so she can do that. Yeah. But when we yeah. first saw her fly down, I got the impression she was like the same size. I mean, you wouldn't want to freak people out by like showing up in your giant form. Fair point. You got to hide the giant form for later. And then we have our Star Wars moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's that's one of many, you know, <laughs> iconography where you hold a sword over your yes, head. Yes, yes. Yeah. We get Link holding up the mask, taking the master sword, uh, holding it straight up. And essentially, looks like he's charging a skyward strike. He kind of does, actually, mm-hmm. because he chart like... It starts glowing with this light, and he plants it into the ground. S- screams, long live the beautiful land of Hylia. Which I think might be just as he dies. He does that, and uh, the sword, bursting with light still, flies up into the air and pushes Skyloft into the sky? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. It's like the seismic force of the Skyward Strike. Now you understand why it can do so much damage to enemies. He sent this stuff downward into the ground and that whole chunk of lead went flying into the sky. It just seems so strange to me that it's working this way. Like he makes the beam of light shoot out like seemingly infinitely t- like high into the sky. Then he flips it around to stab the earth and it propels... You know, like when uh, in early Dragon Ball, when Goku shoots a like Kamehameha to propel himself into the air, yeah. like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it just seems so cartoonish to me out, out of like the after all the grittiness we've had so far. I think maybe maybe they were running out of pages and they said, OK, we got to wrap this up. True. It, maybe. I mean, it is beautiful. I'm not I'm not criticizing them. I think it's terrific. Yeah. Um, but this is a story being told um, very fast. So, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I agree. I think that's like the technical reason why we see it in so few frames. But also this is like a war is going on and like you got to get them up there quick too right like oh sure yeah time is of the essence yeah Yeah. probably no demise has like you know a ticking atom bomb somewhere that's gonna atomize all life and so we see the the master sword start to float upward along with skyloft and we get this text guided by the loft wing the master sword has become a pillar between heaven and earth as it fades away we have the hylians shouting link what are you doing Come jump, jump up into the, into the light, please. I'm good. Uh, and uh, Link doesn't. He says, may you thrive, my comrades. I pray for your happiness with all my heart. In truth, I wanted to take to the skies with you, but my body is heavy. It feels as though I'm stuck to the ground. I can't move. Loftwing, I'm sorry I couldn't keep my promise, but Crimson Bird, I hope that you can somehow grant my final wish. It doesn't hurt anymore. My spirit will always be with you. So... I think this might be the only Zelda manga where we watch a Link die. Yeah. This was, yeah, this was wild to see. Like, even in the games where you know he dies afterwards, right? Like Link's Awakening or things like that. Yeah. Like, like you never see it as much as we see it here. Yeah, no. And it's there's certain uh, Zelda stories where it's questionable whether, you know, there's a subtext that Link died, like a Majora's Mask. This one, he's just straight toast. 
Yeah, he's acknowledging that he is not long for this world. And I think this was emotionally effective. Lee, what did you think about this panel? I thought it was a, a really powerful moment. And it, it kind of, to me, came full circle with, you know, we, we saw him weak and defeated at the end. And here he's weakened but triumphant. I think it's a real nice full circle. Yeah. They told they did a like a full character arc in a short amount of time. I agree. Mm-hmm. They, did, yeah. they did a pretty good job doing that with him. Yeah. For sure. And then we have some exchange between the evil villain and Hylia where he says where have you hidden the golden triangles yeah (laughs) has the villain ever not known what the triforce is called is that like a thing whether he knows what the triforce is or not just saying where's the triangles suddenly we're inside the 80s cartoon yeah that's what i was thinking this is very sword and sorcery all of a sudden you know very mm-hmm. saturday morning cartoon where's the MacGuffin? yes it is very cartoonish and silly and i love it uh hylia states that they are being protected by her devoted people so we can assume i guess we can assume the sheikah as established at the end mm-hmm. of skyward yeah. sword actually yeah that's that's their purpose right love that detail yeah and then the demon king since the triforce is no longer around the Demon King says, ah, all right, well, I'll I'll be back <laughs> next time, Gadget. The absolute power will be mine. And when that day comes, the demon tribe will rule over the world. I, is this when he's being sealed or no? Yeah, I mean, this is when he's being, it looks like flushed down a toilet. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have some frames of Hylia mourning over Link. She talks about how his... Link, we did it. Oh. But how did she not know this would happen? She's a goddess. I mean, I... I, I mean, there's been the running theory throughout the, f- the first season of this show that Hylia does know the future, but, right. you know, yeah. that's just our own theory. She's mourning him, and she's brokenhearted about Link's whole life. She talks about how his imprisonment was willed, how he was like a sword, hammer and hone so that it would never break, and this was necessary to transform him into the bearer of the sword, right? So very much like the games, everything is about putting Link through a trial to prove something. Right. And it cost him I, his life. I would be pretty mad. Like, there's got to be another way to teach this guy this lesson. Uh, well, I have a theory, you guys, about, okay. about, about this Link specifically. And that is, this Link that we see die is Dark Link. Oh, oh. Huh? Right? What do you guys think? Huh. Why not? The red. Hmm. I mean, this Link has a reason to have a chip on his shoulder, but he never never seems spiteful at the end. That's true. But, but, But Dark Link also appears as a trial. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, red cape, red eyes. There we go. Why not? I solved it. I'm all for it. Yep. You figured it out. There you go. I Look, like you it. cracked your first case. Yes. You solved Zelda. I, I, I did the Zelda. Okay. <laughs> Zelda says <laughs> Zelda says that she will ensure that his gentle heroic spirit will live on eternally and she will shed her divinity. The next time they meet, she will stand before him as a simple human. Which there you go. So this is where her whole plan came from? She says, whenever the land of Hylia is in danger, we shall be reborn. So cut to a thousand years later, mm. and we all know what happened. See, this is where where the manga becomes non-canon to me. <laughs> because it suggests that Hylia is the reason that they are reborn, like, without end. Oh, and not, and not demise. Not 
Not Demise's curse. No, Demise's curse is why Demise will always be tied to the fate of of the hero. Oh, okay. So in this context, Hylia's like, you and I will always be reborn. And Demise is like, me too. Right. Demise was like, dibs, dibs, dibs. (laughs) He's like, don't forget me. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to a thousand years later and we see this... uh, Young Link, as we saw very early on in the comic. and Well, not Young Link. Yeah, this is, I mean, not... A Young Link. Not Young Link, but another Young Link. Alt Young Link. Also not Toon Link. Like, let's be clear. This is a different Link. Certainly not Toon Link. Yeah. This is a cute little fella. Um, And he's in class with Groose, Colin, Stritch, and Zelda, learning about the Mm -hmm. goddess and her benevolence. I would have liked to have seen Small Pippet and uh, Karain. You, of course, you want to see these renditions of all your favorite characters from the sure. game. Sure. But we really don't get much time with any of them. And then, yeah, we basically see Link outside again, looking kind of aloof, but then kind of excitedly seeing the Red Loftwing again. He says, but ever since I was little, I've always found myself looking up to the sky. Why is that? Because you live in it. Yeah, he, he gets a <laughs> telepathic voice in his head. He wets himself a little bit in fear and then <laughs> sees the red loft wing diving down at him shoot it <laughs> i mean he has the right response which is heck yeah he gets excited he's bright-eyed he's i mean at this point everybody's got a loft wing right he this is his turn this is his turn but listen everyone has a car maybe when they're 18 years old but everyone doesn't have a corvette <laughs> and the corvette doesn't come at you from the sky yeah Exactly. (laughs) Um, And yeah, we see here this little bit of dialogue. We see, hello, I have long awaited this moment. And then we see inner dialogue for Link. For some reason, that's what I felt the Red Loftwing's eyes were saying to me. So Hmm. it is not clear telepathy between the Loftwing and the Skyward Sword Link from Skyward Sword. Uh huh. But he has like this intuition. He looks in the eyes of this creature and feels like he knows what it's thinking. And I do think that is somewhat established in the game. The, yeah, I think that fits pretty well with the lore that they introduce. And the final line, the line we end on, allow me to guide you through this tale. It was written on the heart of a young boy as pure as fresh parchment, a story that weaves destinies and spans eternity. Though we have been parted by time and distance, my spirit will always be with you. Two things. Flofty looks big enough to eat this kid in one bite. <laughs> Uh, second thing, the beak markings are suddenly gone. Well, it's a different angle, though. The beak markings are in the last panel, but they're on a different side of him. Yeah. maybe. No, but Hmm. you know what? Even the center one is gone. Yeah. The center one is gone. It's just a... It's just a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Either that's an art. Uh, right. Stenank or that's a uh, some kind of conscious decision that we can't really parse out. Sure. I thought this was effectively emotional. I, I like this. I like the bond between the Loftwing and the, the hero. We're never going to see this again. But uh-huh. but I feel I feel that connection. What, uh, Lee, what did you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it was an interesting ending, um, and I think maybe the Loftwing has uh, learned to love the humans, you know, in the thousand years he had to reflect. Well, at least one of them. We do know that he scratches up, like, basically anyone that goes near <laughs> That's him. That's true. That's true. It takes a real connection to wait a thousand years for someone. I mean, 
we see that in at least two games in this franchise. It's just a thing that we do. That is just a thing that we do. Demise did it, right? Eons. Yeah, and I thought this was a really, really interesting, compelling prequel to Skyward Sword. Yeah. I would have liked to seen this fleshed out. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more. I'm fine. You know, they they took something that we only saw a little bit of text about in the game and they Mm -hmm. fleshed it out a bit. And I thought that was really cool. I know that that's not necessarily what they're going to do for the other games. Uh, It was also easy for us to read in a short period of time so we could just put this bonus episode out uh, between seasons. So that was nice. I thought they... A, managed to create a satisfying character arc arc for Link. Right. They showed strong connections between the Loftwing and Link, which was, I think, one of the main goals of this. I agree. And they established the evil presence that I think is consistent with Demise and the evil in Skyward Sword. It's, It's in a bunch of inconsistent different forms. Yeah. I think I'm hot and cold on some of the Master Sword stuff. Like, some of that stuff, I think, is yeah. a little confusing to me. Kind of lost me there. But it's good enough to me, yeah. I mean, we, you just took the Master Sword and threw it into the weeds, and you're just kind of groping around in the dark for it. It's it's It got kind of confused. But overall, I am glad we read this. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any closing thoughts about this, Lee? Um, I really enjoyed it. It um, it doesn't reach the heights of the Link to the Past manga that I can't that I'm overhyping to you guys beyond belief. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I really like like Pete said. I'd I'd like to see a full story of this Link from a thousand years ago and uh, how he ended up here. You know what? Maybe we'll get some more connections in whatever this breath of the wild sequel is Hmm. maybe we'll get some little i don't think we'll get anything about this link but maybe we'll get some more skyward sword story fleshed out even if it's in little easter eggs here and there yeah um you know what'd be cool is if it doesn't quite work because zelda exists at that point but i was gonna say like what if it's just hyrule warriors link yeah why not because there's a zelda there and that it doesn't quite mesh with the timeline there right yeah also ganon (laughs) <laughs> but it but it definitely is the that is definitely the personality and the role like that link fits like yeah that is the role he plays in hyrule warriors for sure yeah he's an he's an army general i mean yeah keith do you have any closing thoughts i'm glad that we read this i thought that was pretty cool um Again, I think by the time we get through, uh, you know, partway through Minish Cap, I'm going to have almost completely forgotten about this manga. Uh, It's while good is sort of a nothing note on the franchise. That's fair. And that's not to to talk smack about it. I do like it quite a bit. It's just it doesn't really have that lasting power, I think. Yeah. But you know what? Again, it's it's short enough that it's like if you're playing Skyward Sword, you can read this in a half hour. And why not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and like you said at the start, it's online for free legally. You can just go read yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Chris, do we got any postcards to read? We do this week. Uh, we have a review from Link Hylian number one. Oh, who sent us the email? Yeah, we've gotten emails from Link Hylian. Uh, this one came in the form of a review. Uh, he says, hey guys, what's up? This is Link Hylian. I am also Super Ouija, uh, supposed to mean Super Luigi. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. I, I, You never think about Super Luigi. You never think about Super Wario, Super Waluigi. That's a fun one to think about. I guess not. No. Well, maybe you should start. It's Super Mario, kind of okay, Luigi. Oh, <laughs> justice for Luigi, you guys. Justice for Luigi. You guys, he says, you guys mentioned me in an earlier episode. Just a few quick things. One of the Bacoblins in the Horde is special. 
he'll walk around them, yell at you, and do a dash attack. I also found what? that if you sprinkle glowing mushroom dust on rupees or arrows or seeds for the slingshot, they become more. I think we touched on that. Not, I don't think we actually got to the multiplication aspect. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I personally haven't tried this, so I don't know if this is true. Hope it is. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Loving the pods. Happy New Year. Hey, listen, our promise to you is that if you leave us a five-star review, you could start off saying something confidently, and you can end saying, I have no idea if what I just said is true, and we're still going to read it in the postcard section. You know, section. that's fair. If you drop us a five-star review, you can lie if you want. We'll, we'll read that. <laughs> also, it's great to hear from you again uh link hylian or super Ouija, whatever you prefer to go by you know i'm gonna be honest i was half tempted at the start of uh of postcards to ask lee if he wanted to read it <laughs> oh <laughs> i didn't want to put you on the spot i would ha you, i, I don't know if you have itunes installed or i it's somewhere on my phone yeah <laughs> all right anyway so that's that's our one postcard so pete if people want to leave us a postcard similar to super uh luigi how can they do it Super Ouija slash link the link Hylian. Mm -hmm. If you want to send us a postcard, you can either send us an email at hyralepod at gmail.com or you can drop us a five star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll read them here on the show and give you a shout out. That is the best way to help new listeners find this show. Yeah. And uh, update, apparently Spotify has ratings now. So if you listen <gasps> to us right. on Spotify, if you don't mind, just drop us a rating on there because I don't think we have any and that's an exciting new feature. And it's even easier than Apple Podcasts because you don't have to write anything. You don't have to write anything, but it won't get read on the show, but we'll appreciate it all the same. Well, drop us a, I mean, you can take a screenshot, I guess, and email that to us. That would work. And, and then what are we going to say? This person gave us five stars? Yeah, thank them. <laughs> oh, and then they can write stuff in the email, you mean? That too, also, yeah. Hey, uh, well, really quick, uh, Lee, do you want to plug anything before we sign out? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at LeeMeyer26. Uh, just a disclaimer, if you don't watch soap operas, you're not going to enjoy my Twitter. <laughs> I disagree. I don't watch soap operas, <laughs> and I do quite often enjoy some of your posts. Thank you. I think it is worth following Lee on Twitter. Also, Lee will probably be a repeat guest down the line. So you might as well drop him a follow. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> or just for his own sake. Don't do it for us. Don't do it for us. But, well, speaking of us, where can people find the podcast on Twitter or other social media? Uh, on social, you can find us on Insta, Twitter, and Tumblr at HyrulePod. Uh, if you want to find us individually, you can find me on Twitter at The Edge of My Pete. And I am at a man named Babs, B-A-B-S. Hey, before we do the sign off, just one more time. Thank you so much, Lee, for taking the time out reading this and recording with us tonight. Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was nice having you on here. Thank you. Next episode, we're going to be here with the Skyward Sorties. Uh, Chris and I, we're going to go at each other with some uh, best ofs. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I am replaying the game again just to make sure I have all my lists in order. Until then, uh, this has been Hello Hyrule. Uh, I've been Pete. I've been Chris. And I've been Lee. <laughs> there you go. Excuse me, podcast. It's corny, isn't it, Lee? I love it. No, it's corny. Don't encourage do, it. Do you want to give it a try? Do you want to? Do you want to? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Yeah, if you'd like oh, to. Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> Eat it, loser. <laughs> well, you can't win them all. <laughs>